This is the Very Finnish Problems podcast with Joel Willens. Find us at facebook.com slash veryfinnishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit veryfinnishproblems.com. Okay, hello, hello, here we are again, podcast, Very Finished Problems podcast number, no idea, 14 maybe, 14, 14 in two years, quite a poor show, eh? oh, yes. if we're, no, if I mean, we're, we're honest. We're uh, quality oriented. Yeah, absolutely, that's very, very, very true. And today we're coming right back to you, uh, the sun is out, so we're going to talk about coffee, <laughs> we're going to talk coffee because the sun's out with our special guest, Larry Salama. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you'd like to share what you what what you do, and then we can talk about the problem we're going to discuss. All right. Well, my uh, working title, I guess, is uh, coffee roaster and Ooh, tea merchant. Fancy. But that's what we are we're all called in the company. <laughs> is it? Of, of oh, well, everyone's Johanna got Lister. the same title. Yeah. So okay. there's like no. You're not like head I, coffee roaster or chief. I, I don't or roast uh, coffee roaster. I don't roast is, coffee. Is that I for do. tax reasons? For somehow. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's um, it's the Swedish way of like trying to avoid all uh, hierarchy. Oh yeah, Jan, Jan, oh, Jan, really? the, the, the law of Jante. Yes. Uh, really? Is that? I didn't. I always thought that was like a parody, but that's actually the case. Is it true that you don't have? They don't really have job titles. In in this case, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. There's no CEOs or CFOs or what. Okay, so who's the boss? Well, there's some captain always. Right. Okay, and what's yeah. their title? Uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> they just have a different well, well, we, we call We call him a captain. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, so he is the captain. So he doesn't have a title, so you need to like uh, invent one. Yeah, he's the <laughs> captain of the ship. Captain of the ship. <laughs> cool, that's interesting because we call Ink Tank Media the pirate ship. And uh, yeah, we have many captains as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm here as well. Did you introduce me? Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, right, Thomas, everyone knows you, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, maybe. maybe yeah. But there might be might be someone from the Good Coffee Company okay. tuning in for the first time. That's very true. There might even be new listeners. So yes, yeah, so I'm Joe Willens, obviously, and... You are. I'm Thomas Newberry. And typically at this stage of the show, I always get Thomas's name wrong as well. Yes. But we've moved on for that. Yeah, I, I, no, <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> just it's, given what up. Do you call just, I, well, I used to call him Thomas Newberg. He's like, no, and it's which, Newberry. Or and I usually point out that I don't give a shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, you still try. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's but, that's still marvelous. Yeah. So and, this, uh, this, this week... What we're going to do, problem 21 from 101 Very Fish Problems of Foreigners Guide to Surviving in Finland, which if you haven't bought yet, seriously, people, get with the program. Uh, when a single cup of coffee keeps you awake for a week. So we are going to discuss coffee culture. And as that problem, in inverted commas, highlights, uh, Finns drink more coffee than any uh, per person than any other nationality on this earth. So why do you think that is? Uh, that's a good reason why. I, I guess it was like... Oh, I uh, have the answer, sorry. It's, oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's December mornings. <laughs> it's wins the, the last And then months. you get addicted and then you need to keep the habit up. And, think, but, but it's basically, it's, yeah, it has to be the winter morning. Okay, is that research well, yes, is that that's, that's probably, uh, you're, you're right. That's one of the main reasons. But mm-hmm. I, I think it was, we have to go back to after the wars when we had to build the country yeah. up again. And you, people needed to have fuel to be able to work hard. 
never mind the weather or mm-hmm. if it's if it's like dark or not so they had to drink a lot of coffee to get going i think that's the historical reason to that yeah and i mean that would make and of course people might have been overwhelmed by the availability of coffee when it, real coffee became available again uh, which might have been some time after the war because there were rations like pretty for a pretty long time did you make this fake coffee when during the war? Understand? Wasn't it, there some sort of like no, yeah, that was made out of tree bark or something? Or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. that was during the war. But about a hundred years ago, Helsinki was filled with uh, small coffee roasters oh, really? like in every corner. Oh, they, right, no what, way! What they did was that they instead of because people had to roast their own coffee, so they bought green beans yeah. and roasted with a pan, like uh-huh. fried. The coffee, oh, so right. it was horrible. Yeah. So these um, stores provided the service, so they could they roasted the coffee for you, and they ground it and they packed it nicely, and that was it. But when the um, what's it called, Keskuslik at like central um, grocers and these oh, right, like companies uh, came, yeah. they killed the whole industry. Oh, once again, capitalism, another black mark against capitalism and globalization. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. thanks. Except for Paulig, that already had be- become a, some some kind of a brand, so they kept the Paulig products on the shelves. But I, but I don't blame them because the 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 quality of the coffee was so poor, and everyone had the same. So they they couldn't. No one could like stand out from the in the competition. So they. They, so Paul, they deserve to. <laughs> they deserve to destroy. <laughs> so mm, Paulig, mm. Paulig started in the same way. Yeah, we should point us. out that. Did we point out that you're Johan Nuström? I probably pronounced that wrong. Yeah, Johan Nuström. That's. Did we point that out? Did we point that out? Yeah, uh, I, I think you I mentioned, may have mentioned it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but Paulig. So they started in the same way as a small roastery amongst many many hundreds. Yeah, it was like a, a colonial. Uh, company they brought uh, spices herbs uh coffee and whatever products all oh, right okay so it wasn't like it wasn't just coffee they just imported no, no, they, loads of they imported everything right okay so what? that's interesting i had no idea i quite like the i quite like the image of loads of little roasteries and do you think yeah. they're i mean i mean you talk about the weather being an issue uh which is obviously to an extent the case but if you look at the second biggest consumers of coffee you've got italy and spain and they they haven't got any problem with shit weather for like eight months of the year, if they say. Mm-hmm. And they're probably just like rich former colonial powers. He just like exploited their colonies to get loads of nice... Well, in fact, coffee came from originally, wasn't it? Uh, Ethiopia, the plant. Oh, right. But like the cafes uh, they started in... Um, in Turkey. Or? In Turkey and, yeah. Okay. I I, I guess Look I confused uh, coffee with potatoes then. I, guess. <laughs> I thought coffee, was, from, coffee was from South America. No, yeah, potatoes okay. definitely came from Peru. Yes. But Brazil is the by far largest producer of coffee today. But it was imported from Ethiopia. And does, um, so talking about like, because I know we discussed this, we've just chatted before at the uh, Helsinki Coffee Festival. I know you were talking about the uh, the importance of the quality of the climate and the soil when it came to the taste of the coffee. Yeah. So typically in Finland, if I have, if I go into my kitchen now where there is a pot of coffee, which is to be fair, no disrespect to the ladies who made it, if they happen to live to this podcast, which they won't, but it's pretty rank. <laughs> so so where, where would that likely have come from? I mean, the typical black coffee that Finland is famed for. Well, the, the base is in, now we're talking blends. 
Right, you, okay. you want to if you have a brand called, <clears throat> let's say, Juhlamokka, for instance. Jesus, you, uh, by, by Paulik, <laughs> Thomas Fahad. That's obviously. grotesque. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that, it's it's um, we get that in our mother's milk already, so that's in yeah. our veins. Oh right, so I that, thought of the, that. Actually. The taste, the flavor is so familiar to everything. Wow. So um, <clears throat> that's always a blend because that's it's such a known brand that you have to. If if they have a bad season, uh, bad harvest in say Kenya, for instance, uh, you have to you have to have other coffees to cover that. So that's why they make blends of I don't know fifteen, twenty, or twenty five different coffees. What in one packet? Yeah. Wow. To to be able to to maintain the same like uh, taste profile, because ah. otherwise. Uh, the all old people would call them their customer service right away that now oh, there's right. something wrong with the Ulamokka. No way. So and, the, so. and this goes back how far? Uh, as always. Yeah. Okay. But but uh, having talked about uh, 100 years ago, now, as we all know, the um, like micro roasting and th- that yeah. kind of craftsmanship <coughs> is, is a huge Making trend, a comeback, yeah. global trend again. But the difference is that nowadays the small roasters, they travel to the origin, origin countries, uh-huh. they know the farmers and uh-huh. they source their coffee directly. So they they have like special products that no one else has. So they that way they can like maintain and they can live. Right, okay. So that's interesting. So you're basically in the past, the, hundred year, the original prototype version, they just got all the same beans and they all roast yeah. them. But now you can go out, you can source your beans, you can make... So you can... I mean, how does that... Does that mean they're literally like infinite amounts of possible coffee tastes because you can mix infinite loads of different yeah you could just the the origin has a a huge effect on the taste right okay so i mean you can we we talk about this thing called coffee belt yeah Uh, starting from um india indonesia sumatra Uh those coffees in nature are like they don't have any acidity Uh um they have like earthy uh, quite rough, rough uh, flavors in them, and then when you when you continue to Africa, you get super acidic, citrusy, berry notes, uh, fruity coffees. Sometimes uh, Kenyan coffee might even taste like uh, Earl Grey tea. Oh right, no way. So and then, Look, and then Joe's head perks up at the thought of Earl Grey. Yeah. Say hello, Joe. Hello. Uh, yeah, being from uh, the UK, uh, anything to do with tea makes me perk up. Um, <laughs> but you should try Kenyan coffees. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm more of a coffee drinker. So uh, I, before I moved to Finland, I didn't know how much the Finnish love coffee. You know, I always thought it was an Italian thing, even Turkish. You know, kind of. But um, yeah, I mean, the the amount of coffee that the Finnish drink, I, I'm in the right country. But uh, yeah, every now and then tea will come into things. I'll go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is yeah. interesting. I don't drink. I, I, it's good to hear that Joe, uh, re, um, being part of being a very much a stereotypical British man there with his tea. But I, on the other hand, don't drink tea at all. So I, I do like a bit of Earl Grey. But that's a very different taste. It is, it, it yeah. is, and so the, the 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 African coffees are super light in taste, right, okay. and, uh, but but also like people, um, coffee enthusiasts, they always appreciate, highly appreciate African coffees. So is it like a Kenyan. champagne of coffees that people? Right. You could you could say so, yeah. Right, okay. So you would say the African coffees would fulfill that. that uh, well, my favorites at, at least. But then when we continue to Latin America, um, then the coffees have like. Um, 
more um, round, full-bodied uh, flavors with with uh, different kind of nuts and chocolate, like, Ooh, like everything from that. dark chocolate to light milk. Oh, chocolate. I'm loving the sound and of so that. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, sold. Okay. It, just one question. I'm trying to like correct my like mind map of coffee. And uh, okay, it's not from South America. Okay, I knew that Arabs were into coffee. Where did they source their coffee? And did do you happen to know Africa? Okay, Africa. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because of all the like, yeah. Ottoman Empire exploiting yeah. all the interior of Africa and stuff. Yeah. All right. But also probably India mm. and. Uh, so in Ethiopia and in these countries where coffee is grown, is there any sort of like, was coffee appreciated as a drink or was it something that people, I mean, did they just no, sell no, no, it to no. the foreigners? I mean, that's that's one of the main uh, problems in, in our industry that the farmers don't know what the what their product is for. Well, they don't drink it themselves. No, no, no. They, no everything is being exported. So sometimes some, some African uh, coffee farmers still think that the, the thing that they produce is being used in in weapon industry. <laughs> no way. Well, like what, ammunition or something. Wow, that's crazy. And what so is it because so historically they've just sold it to like they've sold it to uh, they've exported it and they've yeah. not cared or they yeah. just to Europe and is that, uh, that was Joe desperately trying to sneak out of the room <laughs> subtly and failing. Yeah, it's well, like the comedy creaking no, no, door. Nobody might. <laughs> nobody <laughs> might have noticed unless you would have pointed it out. I spent like four hours editing these episodes because we have a we have a nice room reverb here. <laughs> I think that adds to the whole atmosphere of oh, the podcast. Yes. I was talking earlier about when we did our outdoor. I was talking to Sami. We did an outdoor podcast once where we were driving around in the car and it was a green, like electric, electric, uh, what was it? What's, yeah, what's it was it? a Tesla. A Tesla. And within about 10 seconds, we almost crashed into a tram. <laughs> and you, 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 were, you weren't even driving. I wasn't even driving. I was very reclined, actually. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but that, that was the best sounding episode probably because cars are acoustically a lot sounder than Mm, well, old yeah, Helsinki stone buildings. Yeah, it's true. Um, Turns out. Yeah, so that's weird. I mean, presumably now they're more, I mean, they just don't care as long as they get paid. Getting back to your Yeah, thing. so, yeah, well, that's that's an issue because... Why they, is that an issue? Because they should be able to taste they, the stuff they grow? Or? Yes, because uh, they, they would have to understand quality because in coffee, quality and price go hand in hand. Right, okay. Because that would make them appreciate their work more and their product that they produce and that uh, that would make them um, produce the coffee in a more sustainable way because right okay because now what they're doing the majority of farmers or producers are just trying to produce volume instead of value right and that's yeah. the problem in the world if we yeah, look yeah, at yeah. every uh, everything like food production in overall we the industries are still too much concentrated on volume instead of value and, and then we waste stuff yeah, that's yeah. like you said that that Finns drink most coffee in the world we don't drink it we pour away yeah yeah I mean yeah, we yeah. consumed most yeah, coffee yeah, in the world yeah, by yeah. far most well absolutely well that's a great example of the pot in the kitchen there's no way everyone's drinking that exactly because it tastes like it's like yeah. rank and it's yeah. an example of that so I mean and is it our supermarket I mean is it capitalism in general that is the result of that price getting the price down quantity not quality is that the, cap the capitalist ethos, or is it supermarkets and the way it's coffee sold, or is it a combination of both? Or it's the, it's the old old fashioned um, dogma of capitalism that is the problem, I would say, because where um, in the other end you have to you, you try to produce as much 
with by as low cost as possible yeah to be able get to gain yeah. at the other end um so we have to go from from volume towards value in baby steps uh but as fast as possible okay, otherwise we run out so of so you're trying food. to take something that's been commoditized and yeah. make it precious again yeah exactly and is that and i think i definitely see i mean that's interesting you should say that because you see that like uh I haven't really consciously considered that, but there's definitely been the case that like coffee has, I think since I've come here, been here and I've been in Finland for like, what's 15 years. And I think, you know, the, your Johan Nustrom cafe, for example, is a great example of like, it's more of an experience. You go in there, it's a really nice place to hang out. You're happy to pay more. The coffee tastes nice. It's a nice place to just like chill basically. Uh, whereas beforehand it was literally like just slamming it you know, a cup of crappy cup of coffee in a, in a yeah. black, pa- in a, in a paper cup, basically. Yeah. But well, the, the whole logistic chain should appreciate the product more. Um, or we'll, we will run out of coffee in 30 years from now. What we'll run out because of this, like the, uh, the, Be- because the of climate change. So climate change is, is killing is, the, or yeah. just is, is destroying parts of the, uh, coffee the will extinct. Wow. Uh, and uh, that's that's like the worst case scenario. But yeah, yeah, there yeah. is an alternative like like we uh, presented in our book. Uh, you should mention the title. You can feel free to pitch your book. I, p- I pitch my book all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's called Kahvi Vallankumous. Uh-huh. Uh, it was released last year. Uh, got a lot of media interest and publicity. So for our, our uh, non-Finnish listeners, that's Coffee Revolution, isn't it? Yeah. Look yeah, at that. Actually, Dazzling everyone with my Finnish skills. To be honest, I knew that beforehand, but I'll take the credit anyway. But actually our agent is selling it on the title Coffee Matters. Oh, right. Okay. Cool. And it's been uh, tr- translated as we speak and will be published in Japan. All right, That's cool. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And the Japanese, historically very big Huge, coffee. huge, uh, like third wave coffee culture, like Are specialty they? coffee culture. What do you mean third wave? You mean, what do you mean by third wave? I, I, it would, by third, third wave, I mean um, like the, this new wave. Right, so they historically have not drunk coffee. Uh, not so much. It's a tea culture yes, traditionally, thinking, yeah. Yeah. but more and more China. coffee, and especially they they want to know the the origin. They want to know the source. They want to know everything about their products. So that's why it's obvious that they are interested in uh, in traceable coffee. Right. Okay. So a potential huge market for the book then. Cha ching. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm my motivation is to spread yeah, the word. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so, what is the book? What what what's it's, sort of it's a it's a book about um, well, we're telling the story of a Brazilian coffee farmer family called the Crotches. So is it written as a from the perspective of you or you well, like it, well the the I guess the um, is there a narrative? The, or is it more? It's a narrative. Yeah, I, I wanted to write a story right, okay, cool. because there's a lot of fact books about coffee yeah, already yeah, yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't want to do the same, but I wanted to make it an exciting story uh, that is a fact. Everything is is fact, but this family they are like super uh, heroes of, of coffee oh, okay. industry. So yeah. we wanted to tell their story. It's super interesting. Um. They travel the world and they try to teach people to consume less but uh-huh. better, and uh, and all of this. So it's a it's a good story. It's all about susta- also about sustainability. It's about consumption in in overall. It's about consumer evolution. Uh-huh. Uh, well, basically, if you're um, you're a poor student, you you eat what you can afford. 
But then when you go to get your first job and you get your first salary, you yeah. start to spend and you spend. You I think Thomas can relate. You overconsume Apple products. Yeah. <laughs> Until you realize that it, less is more. This oh, is yeah. so true. That is my journey exactly. And I think, yeah, that's really nutshell. typical. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, now, I mean, like, even I walked, even this morning, I was looking around my kitchen and in so many different ways, my eyes have been opened to so many things. Even though I've always thought I was quite worldly, but you know, just looking at plastic and everything I see. And like, uh, and I've recently been, recently been converted to soy milk, actually. And I've loved dairy. I love cheese. I love ice cream. I love cream. I love everything that comes out of a cow. And it was, and I always be brought up on this sort of propaganda that dairy is good and you need dairy. Even when I was a kid, uh, we used to get free milk at school. And in fact, the first nickname of Margaret Thatcher before she became prime minister, she was the education secretary and her nickname was uh, Thatcher the Milk Snatcher because her first act as education secretary was to take away free milk from schools, which is an indication of what was to come. Vegan hero, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Who would have thunk? <laughs> and uh, I used to hate that milk because it was warm, but it came in really little bottles and everyone was fed it. And there was a matter of things saying you need to have like milk to growing children, blah, blah, blah. Subsequently, I've only discovered quite recently, and I understand the evils of like um, meat consumption, particularly beef. Um, and I say that as a meat eater. So, um, but I never really, I thought, you know, dairy is not so bad. But then I discovered that, like, you know, you're forced to have, but cows are forced to have like a baby a, a, a year. Typically, when they're allowed to, they stay with their mothers for like 10 years. And then they're ripped away like after like a day or two and they're just constantly milled. And I was like, oh man, it's like some sort of like nightmarish vision of the future. And there's me being totally bought into it. So then I've been trying to experiment with other stuff. And I've got really into soy actually. Uh, and actually now I like soy in my coffee more than milk. And so far as a result of that, I've cut down from about to about from about four uh, liters of milk a week to about one. Mm, so there you good. go. That's Take good. that dairy. Have you tried oat? Uh, we haven't tried oat because my wife is allergic. I think I could be wrong. I could be right. She's got, I can't remember exactly. I could be talking bullshit there, but she's in charge of, she's the one who's driven this whole thing actually. So, um, but yeah, I think it totally works. And I think that's, a, that is an example of what you're saying about how like you, you have the time to really, you know, when you're a student, you just eat whatever on the table cause you're hungry. You don't care. Then you overindulge and then you take a step back and realize, hang on a minute. What are my, what are my habits doing to the planet? So so your people who are in the book are they actual are they coffee farmers or are they just that or they were or yeah um, the the mother of the family she inherited the farm they used to live in Chicago they were like businessmen and so they are they Brazilian or Brit Brazilian right? yeah right okay so and they were born they brought up in Chicago yeah and then then when she got the farm from her dad they um, they decided to like downshift leave America they right. went to America for the American dream. Right, they so, left America for the American dream. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Or yeah. because of it. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, they went to the farm and she wanted it to be organic. Right, okay. And and her husband, Marcos. Was her husband Brazilian as well? Yeah. Like Brazilian, American, or American? Brazilian, like, Brazilian. Okay, Brazilian. Yeah. But he was, he had became, become an American businessman. Right, but, okay. But so. then he, he, and he had this, he's a sales guy. So he wanted to like, produce a lot sell a lot right okay so he had to go through a lot to to make because when you go organic from the like traditional way of farming yeah your your crops uh, your harvest drops with might go down with 80 percent wow. for the first two to five years or right so, so you're just looking as far as you, if far as businessman marcus he's like yeah, seeing money was, fly out exactly the window, no! exactly yeah so he was devastated how, how does the 
um, crops recover from this? What, what, what's the trick? Or do they recover the, even? Do they need to recover? They do. They do because um, when you, if you farm in the traditional industrial way, like mass produce uh, coffee, the soil gets uh, tired. So you have to let it rest and you can produce for a certain amount of years. It might be 20 years, 50 years, but after that you have to let the soil rest for hundred years. All right. No way. Okay. So you just destroy that farm. Yeah. But But in this case, you, you farm, you produce less, but you can just continue and keep on going and you can produce not only coffee, but you can produce fruit you can you can have bees that are doing well because there's no it's not polluted at all so there's like good air and fresh water um you can produce um organic meat you can produce nuts uh whatever because i mean yeah okay this is interesting because i mean the most common critique i hear about like organic food is that it's it's not scalable and uh, is this, does this cover other crops as well? Are you aware? It's challenging. Scaling is challenging, obviously. But in coffee, um, price and quality go hand in hand. So you can produce less, sell less, but earn more. Yeah. And then people appreciate the drink more as well, don't they? I mean, the idea that people, if you're paying, and this is the thing about, I think it's, this is related to like meat as well. I mean, I think we discussed this before about how like uh, in the past people would have a Sunday roast that would be the only meat dish they had all week and they would appreciate that meat. Now people have meat every day all the time because it's so much cheaper and so much more affordable and I presume the same with coffee. If like, you know, you're not going to be throwing away coffee when it's like six, seven, seven years a cup or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, because, well, this is, since we've always had coffee, we take it for granted. Yeah. We, Finns drink coffee like... uh, in every occasion, if it's funerals or weddings yeah, yeah. or wh- whatsoever, just to say hi to a friend, it's always a fancy of coffee. Yeah. Should we brew some coffee? Um, but if we don't appreciate it more, we it's it's going to be a disaster. We're not only running out of coffee because we we could live on without coffee. Obviously, it's not a yeah, it's a luxury. Uh, yeah, it? yeah, it's a luxury, but. Um, it's the largest um, food export in the world. Right, no way, it, really. It's being exported from or taken from one country to another more than rice or weed, wow. meaning food. It gives work to more than 120 million people. Wow. We don't we don't want to have 120 million unemployed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but the question is, of course, uh, will people use the same... Uh, the same like uh, the same soil for growing coffee thirty years from now. I mean, it's it's a matter of priorities and things. I mean, the, well, the, the more you look into the global like food production um, system and logistics of it, the more nightmarish our future like easily seems. Are we so, going to bring so, the so, dystopia? Lot of, no, normally yeah, we don't yeah. bring the dystopia I mean, until the end of the podcast. So, so, so real, <laughs> realistically, dark. I mean, uh, do you think in places where you can produce coffee, do you think they will choose to produce coffee in the future? Among other crops. I mean, that's the thing. It's like... Um, even European Union says that in Finland you can't produce oat on this field only. You have to have at least three different crops. Oh, really? So there's yeah. certain rules about it. And yeah. that to keep the soil yeah, rich. To give, and, yeah, exactly. To so give, how, why is it that if you have uh, this is probably? I mean, I'm from the countryside. Spent my childhood wandering around farms, know nothing about farming. Is that why is it that one crop so degrades the soil and three crops doesn't does does not? 
Do you know what I mean? Why would it be? I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not a, an expert in that, but what I know from from the studies and the and the book and and the working in the industry for so long, it's it's all about having a lot of crops. It's all about like growing wild. So right, okay. So if you look at a forest and you see loads of different plants growing, exactly. Yeah. I mean, biodiversity seems to be a yeah, reoccurring right. theme that's, whenever that's people the solution. discuss yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, right. that's, exactly. I didn't get the word. Yeah, yeah. biodiversity. That's yeah, a fancy yeah, yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. Peltometsäviljely. Oh, it sounds oh, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> or monimuotoinen. Mm. Yeah. But, so, uh, and it's not only about the, the income of these 120 million people, but just lately, they cut down rainforest on the, at the Amazon, uh, the size of France. It's insane. I keep hearing about this every year. To be able to produce more cheap coffee to supermarkets. <sighs> so I mean, much. and that's like uh, homes of uh, a lot of species. It's the most diver- diverse, um, like form of nature we have. It's the lungs of like rainforest is the yeah, lungs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we got that fuckwit Brazilian president in there, haven't we? It's yeah, just like just she's like, yeah, trying just to cut it. Yeah. So she wants to commercial synthetic caffeine. It's yeah. probably you're gonna have a bit. We're all going uh, going to pop like white caffeine pills of caffeine. Yeah. We can get caffeine pills, can't we? But, but okay, yeah, it's, it, I, I don't know if there's a thing called synthetic caffeine. I don't know if it's been synthesized in any way, but yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything we want to buy. Yeah, it sounds sort of pointless. Just but the thing, thing is that we should enjoy the taste. Well, while it lasts, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. and, it, and it will it will definitely last if we. Um, us consumers if we like start to appreciate the product product more if we start to appreciate the hard work of the farmers more and uh, if we pour away less okay so, so what is the um, the market situation of our are we paying a fair price for coffee these days in finland i would say pretty much yes okay but so, so uh, when uh when we source coffee from someone like someone like johanna nyström uh, we we don't get slave labor basically. Oh, for sure not. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what the micro roasteries and specialty coffee, like the third wave roasters, are all about. It's about um, transparency, traceability, sustainability. Uh, quality yeah i was really amazed by that we went to the the coffee festival actually because i mean i like coffee i like that i like the new ambience of coffee shops it's you know i like the fact they're popping up everywhere and um but i didn't realize that when you pull back that that curtain there's all this whole like sort of philosophy and ethos behind it which people were clearly really into so it was interesting to discover that that is actually the case but how does it i mean you're talking about like johan nuström is originally he's swedish isn't it yeah and we talk about coffee culture. So you talk about like Finland's drinking the most, but throwing the most away. How do the two countries, which have a long and glorious entwined history together, how do they, how do they compare? How would you characterize the different ways of drinking coffee in uh, mm, Swedes? I think they're the runner-up. Are they runner-up? Yeah. They? All right. But Is that a flaw in my book? Surely not. I, I Surely. Be- I believe so. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't think I. Li- I don't think I ranked them. I just put Italy as. Yeah, but they yeah, are far ahead of Italy. So yeah, they're yeah, probably exactly, room yeah. for Italians have their beautiful coffee culture. So that's why they are always considered like um, big coffee drinkers. Yeah. But Swedes are the runner-up. 
except for that they drink or consume 30% less than we do. So right, we are yeah. by far the... Yeah, yeah, you're way ahead like of the, us. <laughs> world you champions. are the coffee kings <laughs> of the world. Yeah. But Swedes drink, they consume everything, like uh, not only coffee, but also alcohol, food, outside of home, a lot more than we do. Right, okay. So we, we tend to like drink booze lock at yourself home. <laughs> lock and yourself then that alone causes domestic home. disorder so <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's good i think we should adapt more of the swedish culture in that sense that people go out more they they feed uh, several times a day they meet people they talk with with people and they innovate and get ideas and do you think that's that. just because swedes are by their nature more sociable or because there's been more coffee car coffee shops or uh, i don't know which sweden is first. more urbanized it's yeah. just more cities yeah i don't i don't know which one came first drinking coffee or being social yeah <laughs> but they yeah and they swedes used to drink a bit more dark roasted coffee than uh -huh. we we did, you know, we have the best water in the world, the purest water. Yeah, I'm worrying about that. So we can, we don't have to uh, roast very dark to cover the bad taste of water, like Southern Italians do. Right, okay, so typically the reason you roast longer is to make the coffee taste stronger. Exactly, which and you can hide the, like the hard, shitty water. defects, you can yeah, hide bad tastes of That's interesting, because absolutely, water. whenever I come back to Finland and I drink tap water, I'm like, why, if I've been travelling somewhere, why on earth does anyone buy bottled water in Finland? It's absolutely beyond me. It's Finnish good, tap that's water a good is beautiful. Question. <laughs> You're just like insane, you drink tap water anywhere else, there's always that slightly chemically taste. And stronger depending on where you are. And absolutely in Spain and Italy, then the tap water sucks. Yeah. So, but but if you go to Italy in in, in the northern part, if you get an es if, if you buy an espresso, it's fairly light roasted. Uh huh. But also the tap water is better. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you go down south, south it's, yeah, like it's like black, like rubber. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but the, you can't drink the tap water. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's no. a way of hiding things. Right, okay. It's a way of hiding. Um, the the poor quality of the coffee itself, or bad taste of water. That's interesting. So, what when it comes to the roasting process? So, a darker roast is just being roasted longer. Yeah, and, and how, the higher temperature. Right. Okay. And what does it look like if we were to go to the the your roastery? In my head, I've got this sort of Willy Wonka esque Charlie the Chocolate Factory picture of like big sort of like. No, well, actually, our head uh, roastmaster is a bit like him. <laughs> <laughs> you have your very own super Willy Wonka. Hipster, <laughs> I'm trying to think what, Willy, oh, what a Willy Wonka-like Swedish name would be. Yeah. Probably, I don't know. What Benjamin Norman. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Sounds uh, Swedish. Yeah, and um, so is it? I mean, what is it? What does it look like if you walked in? Is it like a brewery or mm. you know, a big tankards of like? Uh, well, yeah, we have the silos for, yeah, so for the green beans, the raw for, coffee, yeah. and then the, then we have several different roasting machines, and, right, okay. and always a roast master uh, seeing that it's being roasted as it should. Right, okay. Following so the how does recipe he check that? He's, profile. He can't taste the bean, can you, or can you he, sniff the bean? Yeah, well, he, it's, you evaluate by looking at it. Right, so it's a colour. Right? And listening to the cracks. Oh, right, no the, It's like popcorn. It oh, starts right, no to crack. Hmm. That would be cool to see, actually. Yeah, well, have, you, have, you got one yeah. In, have you got one in Finland? No, it's only in Sweden. Is it one big place in Sweden? S since it's craftsmanship, so we couldn't, we couldn't, produce the same exactly the same tasting coffee in, on two different sites oh, right okay so that's why we want to have it only only there yeah yeah yeah. 
So that so that even that affects it, the place where it's located in terms of Yeah, definitely. And the ventilation and everything right, affects okay. it's super and, uh, sensitive. So when it comes to the sort of process, so you I'm just once again trying to picture mm-hmm. in my head, you get a big pile of like beans. Yeah. You get or, it in 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 um these big sixty kilo bags. Uh-huh. Then we cut they, them open yeah. and put them into, and they're green, into the right? silo. Or green, color. yeah, grayish, light green, like cocky or something. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then you, uh, when, when we make a blend, we also make blends, uh, some, some blends. Because the beans from, say, Ethiopia are different size than Brazilian beans, for instance. So uh-huh. if, you put, if you roast them at the same time, the one of them is going to be uh, like fully or over roasted and one of them is going to be a bit raw yeah yeah so so we uh, we roast the coffees first and then we blend them afterwards right okay so you put them in a big mixer and crush them all up and uh, just totally uh, or cut, cut them if if we grind them right but, okay. but we sell more and more whole beans so oh, pe- right, okay. people tend to so put in the machine themselves yeah. Yeah. So then when, so for that process from like getting the green beans to them being ready and packaged in the shops, how long does that take? Uh, you have to move fast. I mean, oh, coffee do coffee doesn't stay oh. fresh for long. Right, okay. It, after it, you've roasted it, then it's... After, after you roast it, I mean, I never drink coffee before 10 to 14 days after roasting because there's still some chemical reactions going on in that the is a top tip for you there listeners so, you know, isn't it so yeah. like you have so i i tend to uh, you, you should let the coffee rest for two weeks so is that when you buy when you buy beans uh you have to see you have to see the roasting date oh really and they all have that on them uh well some they do, should some they should, but I, they bet should. You, I bet yours do <laughs> yeah we do we do obviously and also the roast master who's right behind okay. the, so you put the date on there so that's coffee. the day they've roasted and two weeks after that is the best time to drink it you think? I would say so oh, yeah until two months oh, right okay depending on the packaging yeah, well, yeah. Our, we've invested a lot in the packing line to, uh-huh. to to keep the freshness as long as possible but I would say that the it's from two weeks up to two months it's at its best, right? Okay, and and then after that, it'll start losing its its flavors quite rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's really interesting to hear that your adventure of that as well. And typically now we have we have uh, at the end of our podcast we have a bit where we recommend things mm-hmm. to people. It yeah. can be literally anything. Typically, Thomas will recommend a very dark dystopian book. No, or video. well, I know <laughs> the, the common thing is that I recommend podcasts because people should listen to podcasts. And uh, but yes, the, there is the option to recommend something. Well, I would definitely recommend reading my book. Obviously, absolutely. But you don't have to you buy it. You get it. You can find it in libraries. That's true. Yeah, like so style. I'm not uh, trying to sell it. I just want to spread the word. Yeah, so, absolutely. Is something to read. I will definitely read your books. That's very kind. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure to link to both books in the show notes. <laughs> and um, are there? Do you know if there are any sort of coffee podcasts? I don't. I've never. I haven't really. Yeah, one called uh, Cappuccine. All oh, right. So the, is that a play? Well, two fin- Finnish guys. Uh, right. Okay. Oh, of course, they are Finnish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what is that? I missed some connection. Cappuccine. I mean, I mean, coffee drinking. Right. Okay. Why yeah. is it the title? Cappuccine. Cappuccine. Right. Okay. With two zetas. 
<laughs> just because. <laughs> and they just talk about coffee the whole time, obviously. Yeah. 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 Cool. They that's go quite favorite. deep in that. Do they? Quite nerdy. Right. <laughs> in a cool way. Really well, like that. that's Once again, until I went to the house of the, the festival, I didn't realize how nerdy you could get with coffee. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely. like any It's like wine. It's like yeah, wine. absolutely. That was but it's, it was like 10 to 15 years ago when you went to a restaurant and ordered wine. They were like uh, red or white. Yeah, absolutely. Nowadays it's a bit different, Yeah, that's right? so, so true. So coffee is a bit, a few years after. But yeah, it, but do you think, it's I mean, even if you go to, when you go to coffee shops now, you don't get the opportunity. I mean, you typically, you'll get asked for like cappuccino or espresso, but you don't get asked, you don't get asked if you'd like to have a different type of bean or, or do you? Um, is that the future? Well, in, in the, the third really? cafes, yeah. Right, okay. Because I would just go for cappuccino. Yeah. It's very yeah. standard. And Joel, what is your yeah, recommendation? I'm going to recommend actually a Facebook page, which is not one of my own. But uh, we're all, we were very close to, I hope this is going to come out before the European elections. I'm going to go a bit political here. I got steamed uh, for the European or the Finnish elections by sharing some content which suggested that you shouldn't vote for a certain party. Wonder which one that would be. And was then savaged by loads of edgy teen edge, edge lord sort of uh, telling me that it's none of my business, blah, blah, blah. But fuck you all, because I can now vote in the European elections and I won't be voting for your party. So anyway... Uh, what I'm suggesting, bang on cue the dog, is to go to uh, to check out the Facebook page of the European Parliament, which sounds a bit nerdy political, but basically they're doing a lot of cool stuff uh, and it gives a real insight into exactly why you should vote. And I discovered that fin under, uh, under 25s in Finland are the least voting out of any EU country. A mere 10% pull their finger out of their arse and go and vote. And I'm sorry, this is the most important election of a generation. So go and vote. I don't care who you vote for as long as it's not that party that I had in a Yeah, don't, don't, don't vote for the Nazis. Yeah, don't vote and for the Nazis. And of course, I mean, there, there's like, if someone's into politics in Finland, there's always, it, it's worth um, sourcing their European politics because, for example, if one were to say being a centrist, centrist right-wing person who votes for Kokomus in Finland for some fucking reason, uh, then, <laughs> then uh, I mean, you you would you would probably be interesting to know that they're in the European parliamentary like group, which is collects more uh, well. well Hardline conservatives, Absolutely. whereas, for example, really uh, I, whereas SFP, Arakope, the uh, Swedish Wait, People's Party in Finland, they are in the like centrist liberal group in in uh, the European Parliament. So, so it's worth looking into uh, well how you source your European politics, regardless of how you usually vote in Finnish parties. So, yeah, yeah. but do really vote, people, because yeah, there's a lot vote. of yeah. Finns in good positions in the European Parliament. Absolutely, absolutely, do vote. I mean, so it's important for us because we're a small nation. So. Yeah, absolutely. And there's an opportunity to make your voice heard. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's no excuse. I mean, see, I was discovered that 10%. I was like, are you kidding me? That's shocking. Even in the UK, which has historically been crap, at, we've got considerably, I think it's like 20, 30%. So... Yeah, Finnish people, just vote, whoever you vote for, basically. And go and check out the European Parliament Facebook page, because that's got a lot of cool stuff showcasing what the European Parliament actually does and why you should get your shit together. Yeah, and advanced polling is open um, yeah, until open like uh, the until Tuesday, the 21st. And in case and you're wondering, I'm going to vote green. I'm voting green. I'm going all in on green this year. Good oh, choice. Good, good, yeah, good, good for you. <laughs> and uh, finally, um, I, I usually recommend stuff. Uh, um, and I wanted to pick up the habit of recommending Finnish music because no, people right, don't really, one. don't, People don't really like follow that usually or know what what's going on. Um, the first, the this first time I'm, I'm going to recommend a really classic Finnish album, 
uh, a pop album from the 80s. It's um, uh, Pavel Mayanen's uh, album Mayanen. Which is an original like, title. Uh, we, I think it's, it's probably finished, but it's it's uh, it's a it's a real like in production quality for a Finnish eighties album. It sounds like if you like polished uh, electronic pop sounds, it's worth a listen. Wow! And you you didn't used to get stuff like that in Finland in the eighties. I will put a link to that in the show notes. And as a, as far as podcasts go, uh, like. Um, over a year ago, I um, or 18 months ago, I did a little bit of uh, recording interviews for an American podcast called Nocturne. I listened to that actually; it was fun. Yeah, it was cool. Actually. And it was uh, I, yeah, I, I sourced a few um, interviews with people. Didn't ask about, me, did you? No, <laughs> uh, I, I, I asked for people who are miserable in winter. So, <laughs> so I, I, I sourced a few happy. interviews uh, about like the Finnish winter for for an American podcast who, that that looks into everything related to the night. People who are awake during the night, people who uh, well, uh, un, unwillingly or otherwise, and. Awesome. Yeah, for for example, people who work during the night, like the the nature of darkness, how we don't really get darkness in cities anymore, stuff like that. And it's it's a very soothing thing to listen to. It's very well narrated. It was everything. soothing actually. I found it quite so even like the voice of the main narrator and stuff and the whole vibe is quite, it's quite, oh, yeah. quite so if you have trouble sleeping or you just want to relax, nocturne uh linked in the show notes. That's a, that's a very good uh, listen cool well once again a very eclectic list of recommendations and not quite so dark as normal or li- well, dark when it comes to the night but like well, literally uh, dark. Other, yeah literally dark but otherwise quite 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 upbeat cool well thank you very much for for joining us and thank you for Thanks sharing for sharing your knowledge and yeah, everyone please go and go and check out larry's book sounds fantastic i'll i will certainly be reading it when it's either tr- translate translated not into the japanese or finished by english <laughs> but until that moment i'll rely on other people so yeah kiitos paljon thank you very much pleasure kiitos. well thank Thanks. you you've been listening to the very finished problems podcast please send any feedback to very finished problems at inktank.fi this program is published by inktank media and produced by thomas newberry Inktank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling and social media. Find out more on our website inktankmedia.fi. While this podcast isn't an advertisement, we do occasionally interview representatives of companies we have a business relationship with. Thanks again for listening.